evening. I want to begin by making all of us missionaries of the cross very comfortable. The thought that I think the Lord gave me while we were praying the rosary. If he could have found two more miserable priests, a more miserable group of men than we make up, he would have called them to be missionaries of the cross, as he called us. In other words, we're not good in any way. Each of us have been born in sin. We're struggling to overcome our failings. And we struggle to even grasp the simple path. And all our weaknesses show before the Lord. But in his mysterious way, this weakness that we make up becomes the power of Christ. If we recognize our weakness, if we recognize our nothingness, if we live in that humility of truth, that we can do nothing without God, and that we have, we have not gone anywhere. Only to where maybe God has brought us. But we have done nothing on our own. And we can do nothing on our own. That condition is our condition. And yet. In the mysterious ways of God, he's going to use us, each and every one of us, to save souls of priests and seminarians from the fires of hell. To save members of our families from the fires of hell. We will be that instrument. So we can never be discouraged. And we need to encourage ourselves to try to push ourselves to the limit. I want to give you a couple of images that came to my mind. The first one was the description that St. John Chrysostom gave to the liturgy. He was the one to call, St. John Chrysostom was the one to call it liturgy. We think of the liturgy as the mass. But when he composed the liturgy of the Greek church, 
At that time, maybe it still does, in Greek, the word liturgia meant the work of the people. The work of the people. The simple path for all of us and the messages that we've received is the work of all of us. It's the work of the missionaries of the cross and the mothers of the cross together. It's our work. And it's the work that God has given us to do. It's the most important work of our lives. More important than our jobs. Because our very salvation depends on our doing this work and the salvation of others. So that's one image that we have to be aware of. That this is our job, this is our work. The second image that came to my mind today comes from my childhood of living across on the other side of the tracks. And I used to see the trains, the engines coupling with boxcars or with passenger cars. I hope that each and every one of you at some point in your lifetime had this experience of seeing an engineer in the of the train trying to connect couple the word is coupling that they use in the railroad term with putting on another car or taking a car off it's a very delicate process at least it was during my childhood times. Probably it's very easy now. But the men who worked that job often got hurt. And many times, it took several times for the engine to go forward, backward, forward and backward, forward and backward before the coupling was successful, before the engine could be joined to another car or one car could be disconnected and left on a separate track and another car picked up from a different track. Why do I present to you this image? Each and every one of us are the engineers of the engine, of our spiritual journey through the path. And sometimes 
We have to go backwards. Sometimes we go forwards. It's not important where we are at. It's important that we go eventually forward. Because if you find yourself standing still, not working at this, not being, not challenging yourself, not struggling, you are in great danger of rusting out, of not working, of going nowhere. Our Lord uses the expression, because you were neither hot nor cold. In this case, he might say, because you neither move backwards or forwards, I will spit you out of my mouth. Last week, Lord just talked to us about the second nail. Well, I'm not convinced that I really have embraced the teachings of the first nail, that I'm really living it. So there are times when the spirit has to take me back to the first nail. There are times when the spirit has to take me all the way back to something in the civil path that's at the beginning of the book. And more and more, I find myself going back and forth, back and forth. But eventually, the Holy Spirit is going to move that train forward a little bit. And I know that he has done that already. And if he goes back or takes me back, it's because he wants to review something with me. He wants me to be sure that I'm living this completely as, as God wants me to live it. Whole, holy, holy in the sense of the entire simple path has to be lived as one. All the chapters have to become one with me. I can't just take parts of it. I have to gradually embrace and live every page of it. So I tell you this. So if we, if Lourdes talks to us again about the second nail of the emotions, 
and all of a sudden you realize, well, I, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not here yet. Don't let it discourage you. Whatever is given to you, take as she gives it to us. She gives us, and she will be giving us more teachings on the emotions. So when she gives them, we embrace them. We go back to them. We listen to them over and over. But in doing so, we might be triggered to go way back to the beginning of the book. And that's okay. We're almost like a yo-yo in God's hands. We need to be clay and putty in God's hands. We need to let him make us into the person he wants us to be. We can do nothing of ourselves. To go to what she spoke about last week, I want to, let me just review it with you. She said the second nail of crucifixion is the purification of our emotions. So, when you're before the Blessed Sacrament, you need to stop and say, okay, what does that word purification mean? When do I see something being purified? At Mass, the priest purifies the chalice after communion. He pours water into it and rinses it out. And then he takes the cloth and he cleans it. It's called the purification. Or if there's a chaborium with host that, that composed of, of massive, if a Eucharistic minister is given out host and it's from a chaborium and it's empty, again, either the Eucharistic minister or the priest purify it. So that's an example of purification. The purification of our emotions. What does that mean? In each and every one of us, it's going to mean something different. And why do our emotions, says, why do our emotions have to be purified? Because Jesus says it integrates our emotions into Christ. So our emotions are being purified because they're going to be integrated. They're going to be made a part of the body of Christ. This is, this is a grafting 
but it's greater than a grafting. Because a grafting is a joining of two things. Integrating means that Christ is going to assume and put on our emotions with his own. Our emotions and his emotions are going to become one. This is so amazingly beautiful. He's going to integrate our emotions into Christ. And what's the next sentence say? That we no longer live reacting from our emotions. And there we need to stop again. That word reacting, we need to spend hours on it. It's a very easy word to understand. I used to use this example when I wanted to teach young people never to react. The difference between reacting and acting is if I throw a ball to you and you catch the ball, you reacted to my action by catching the ball. I threw it, I acted, you reacted in catching it. If you let the ball drop that I throw, then you're not reacting, but you are making a decision to act. You are deciding to let the ball drop. That's a very small way of trying to grasp the meaning of reacting and acting. So what Christ is telling us, we have to reach a point where we do not react from our emotions. What emotions? All of them. We don't react from our anger. We don't react from the passion that we might be aroused in us from seeing something. We learn to live with our emotions according to his will. Jesus had all the emotions we have. But Jesus did not react from his emotions. He always acted. And this is how he wants to make us. He wants to make us to the same person that he is. A person who is whole. 
person who is mature, person who is in charge of his life. When we are living out our emotions, we'll become like crazy people. We even use the expression, he's acting insanely. What makes us say someone's acting insanely? When they act out their emotion of anger, when they act out a passion of desire to kill someone, to be violent, when they act out those emotions, we say they've lost it. They're insane. And it's the truth. This is why our Lord is so beautiful in giving us this teaching and trying to bring us to a point where our emotions are integrated with his. It's not going to happen by just reading this passage. It's going to require each of us to go very deep to our emotions, to go into the history of where and when did we first acquire this emotion? Did we inherit it from our father? Did we inherit it from our mother? Emotions are often something we act out because we've seen our parents acting them out. If a father is very easily angered and his children live in fear and he's always angry, it's most likely that the child will grow up with anger. And he'll pass that anger on to his children. That's why the emotions need so much of our attention. And that's why we speak of of the purification of the emotions. The message that we were given on 1228-21, the Feast of the Holy Innocent, the message was at the core of every human person are their feelings and emotions. At the core of every wound, desire and expectation, our feelings and emotion. Every sin, every sin we've committed in our life, from our first sin to the last sin we committed, every sin is brought about by our reacting to one's feelings and emotions. Notice, 
Sin doesn't come from acting, but from reacting. That's why it's so important for us just to spend time recognizing the difference between the two words, react and act. Visualizing the meaning of each word. And then looking at how in our own lives we live out that word of acting and reacting. For example, what did you do at work today? When somebody said something to you that you didn't like, did you act or react? It's very simple. When you pause to reflect on what was your immediate behavior, There are certain triggers in all of us that immediately cause us to react. Because those triggers go back to our wounds from our childhood. We need to be aware of them. If someone would make a slur on my Polish nationality that would instantly trigger a defense in me. It would instantly trigger a reaction and not a good action. I finally became aware of it. But it's, it's something that was instilled in me And so, this is an example of the work that we as the people of God, as the missionaries of the cross, have to do. And we do it as the people of God. We do it as the missionaries of God. How, does, how is that? Because we listen to conferences. And we seek accompaniment. But again, you don't have to wait for once a month to get accompaniment. We can call any one of, our, of ourselves and discuss this issue. We don't have to just wait till we can talk to our, the person who accompanies us. We can always bring something up to one of our brothers. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit is going to be present. Or we bring it up to a mother of the cross. But the more we push things into the light, the more we empty the garbage. And that's, that's, what it, that's what it really is. 
It's garbage inside of us. We reek with garbage. What's the garbage? Pride, self-will, but a pride that's hidden, a self-will that is subtle and you don't recognize it, a selfishness, an attachment, an attachment that somebody comes in the room and you're in your workshop and you say, don't touch that. They put their hands on your favorite tool. They put your hands on something you're very attached to. Those attachments have to be recognized. We can't allow ourselves to let anything go by because there is nothing small in the simple path. There's nothing we want to overlook. Each word has to be analyzed. Sometimes it almost has to be taken apart and dissected like an, like the doctor takes something and looks for where the cancer is. We have to look for where the cancer of our sin is inside of ourselves. And we have to root out that cancer by getting to the root source. And there's going to be a lot of cancer connected as we go to the second nail of our emotions. So I'm going to pause here because Lourdes encouraged me to ask you if you had any questions that you might like to bring forth to myself, Father Jordy, or anybody. Who would like to answer the question? Answer it. Because as I said, we are a team working together to help one another become God's saints. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www lovecrucified.com God bless you.